You are listening to a message from Treeline Church, a life-giving church in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. If you are in the Pittsburgh region, we would love to have you join us in person for one of our services. Check out treeline.church for times and location. Thanks for listening and enjoy the message. Hello and welcome. We're so glad that you can join us today. However you're listening or watching, wherever you're engaged, we want to say thank you for joining us. We're so happy to have you with us today. Today we're kicking off a two-part message for, get this, gratitude or thankfulness. Now, I might be like, well, where did that come from? Well, obviously Thanksgiving is just around the corner, which means a few things. It means a whole lot of food, a whole lot of deliciousness, a lot of calories, and hopefully some time of sharing thanks. Sometimes we skip right over the meanings of these holidays when really it's not just, we could have probably just called it food giving, right? Instead of Thanksgiving, but really it is about giving thanks. It's a season to come together and share what it is that we're thankful for. And I even think where those traditions come from of getting together with our family and our friends, the people who we value in our life because we're thankful for them. Now I know in this season with this year, Thanksgiving looks a little different. I know some people won't be able to get together with their families. Travel will be a lot more limited. People may be resorting to online gatherings and seeing people, and maybe you're still getting together with some people at your house. But whatever your holiday looks like, it's important for us as Christ followers to really dive into this season of giving thanks, and that this shouldn't be something that just happens once a year, but it's this really great reminder for us as us as followers of Jesus, how we can continue to be thankful, how we can develop gratitude in our lives. Because really, gratitude and thankfulness are the foundations of worship, and that's where we've got to get. And so before we get too far into this today, I just wanted to tell you a story about when I was a kid, one of the games that we used to play. When I was really young, didn't even have video games yet. That came a little later um, in my preteen years. But one of the games that we'd play, maybe you're familiar with this, is a game that you would hide something from somebody and the person would come in the room and they would try to find it. And when they were really far away from it, you would say they're cold or you're colder. And the further away they'd get, you'd be like, you're ice cold, you're freezing, you're frozen, right? But then when they take a step towards it, they would say, you're getting warmer, right? You're getting warmer. And then when they're right on top of it, they're like, you're hot, you're on fire, right? It's, you know, they were right there. They couldn't see it, but they knew that they were close just by your instructions. Now, honestly, sometimes we did that game for fun, and as we got older, we learned that that game could be fun just to mess with people, too, like hide their keys and then play hot and colder with them. And maybe you've played that game before. Maybe you're like, Brian, I have no idea what you're talking about. But keep that in mind for a moment. I want to come back to that. But I want to open up with a quote from A.W. Tozer, who said this. He said, What comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. The thing that comes into our mind when we think about God is the most important thing about us. See, God created us in His image. He made us in His image, but ever since the beginning when He created us in His image, we've been trying to create God in our image, a false image, an idol, trying to to describe Him in human terms or put Him on our level, but God really made us in His image. And so, with that idea in mind, with that quote in mind, what comes to your mind when you think about God. Think about it. When you think about God, what comes to your mind? What, what posture does he have? What is the expression on his face? What is the tone 
of his voice? What is his posture toward you? And just maybe like that game that we talked about, if you are seeing God at a standoffish posture and maybe frowning towards you, I would say you're probably getting colder. You're cold, right? But if you see God with you with a smile on his face, you're probably getting warmer. And if you see God and you hear him and you hear the love in his voice and you would hear him say that he loves you as his son or his daughter and that he cherishes you, I would say you're getting hot, right? You're, you're on fire at this point. You couldn't get any closer. That we really see sometimes we don't see God in this manner, that we can see him sometimes as an angry overlord who is just ready for us to mess up and make a mistake. But that's not the heart of God at all. That God's heart is for you. And when we know that God's heart is for us and we're following after God, and I don't know if you've asked this question before as a follower of Jesus. Have you ever thought about, Lord, what is your will for my life? What is the will of God? Now, people who are even trying to follow after Jesus are trying to figure out what life is all about. But even when we say yes to relationship with Jesus, this could be a common question. Lord, what is your will for my life? And when we ask that question, a lot of times we get hung up in the details and the, the logistics, right? We're thinking about the who and the, the what and the, and the where and the when. We get, we get bogged down with those kind of logistical kind of questions and answers and what God's will for our life is. But I want to dig, dig into a verse that maybe will shift this paradigm a little bit for us and what God's will is for all of us us who've said yes to Jesus. In 1 Thessalonians 5, starting in verse 16, it says, always be joyful. Always be joyful. That's the whole verse 16. That's it. I think they made it one verse just because we need to like really soak that one. Always be joyful. Always keep on praying. And then in verse 18, no matter what happens, always be thankful for this is God's will for you who belong in Christ Jesus. Did you get it? Always be joyful. Always be praying. And then no matter what be thankful. No matter what happens, I mean, that's a pretty tall statement. You're like, so, no, so if a 2020 happens and it's a pandemic and election year and everything else and it just seems like this year's been a complete dumpster fire and I'm supposed to be thankful in that, well, I think that would pretty much fit under the category of no matter what happens. That we as followers of Jesus, we are challenged and reminded to be joyful and be praying and above all else that we are supposed to be thankful in every situation, no matter what happens. And did you catch at the end that this is God's will? See, sometimes God's will for our life is, yes, it can be those big questions. We're asking the who, what, where, and we're trying to figure out the logistics of what God's will is for our life. But I think even beyond that, that the, God, the will of God is less about the logistics and it's more about cultivating the character of Christ in us. And sometimes we miss that because we're so busy chasing the things that we feel God has for us instead of allowing him to develop the heart of Christ, the character of Christ inside of us. So that in mind, there's just a few points I want to share with you today. The first one is this. Whatever you don't turn into praise, you turn into pride. Whatever you don't turn into praise, you will turn into pride. Well, what does that mean? See, when we talk about thankfulness and gratitude, it's really easy to miss the things that maybe we feel that we're good at, or the things that we've accomplished, or the things where we try to give ourselves a pat on the back. Now, there's nothing wrong with having self-esteem. There's nothing wrong with being proud of an accomplishment that we've made. But there is an issue when we forget to turn it into gratitude, and when we are not thankful to God for the things that we have, or the things that we feel that 
we've earned or that we deserve. It's very easy to let that turn into pride, where it becomes less about God and becomes more about us instead and the things that God wants for us. And so what we got to understand is whatever you don't turn into praise will turn into pride. Now, I know that sounds like a simple statement, but listen to this in James 1.17. It says, but whatever is good and perfect comes to us from God the creator of all light, and he shines forever without change or shadow. I love this reminder that whatever comes from God, if it's, if it's a good thing, if something good came in our life, that it is a gift from God. And because it's a gift and he blesses us with it, that we want to give him thanks. Now, it's not just about simply having a generic attitude and be like, well, God, I just thank you for everything. That excuse doesn't even work for our kids. If you're trying to get your kids to apologize for something, and they're just like, well, I'm sorry. And you're like, well, what are you sorry for? I need you to be a little more specific. And the same thing is true with gratitude. We have to be a little more specific with our thanks and gratitude. We have to get specific with the things that God has given us and blessed us with in our life. And even beyond that, it's really important that we're thankful even for the partial miracles. Now, what does that mean? Well, see, there's this man that Jesus healed. He healed him and he was blind and he prayed for him and he asked the man, he's like, can you see now? And he's like, well, I do, but they see these men kind of walking around like trees. And so Jesus prays for the man again and then his sight is completely restored. And sometimes the same thing can happen in our life is that there are times where God maybe partially answers and we partially get that answer or that miracle, but because we're so discouraged because God didn't come completely through that the way we wanted him to, we give up and we walk away and we don't wait for the second part of that miracle, the breakthrough to happen. And that's why it's so important even in the partial answer, even if we're not completely where we want to be, even if God hasn't answered the prayer the way that we want, when we want, and how we want it, that we still show gratitude, that we still have thanks. So that first point is, whatever you don't turn into praise, you turn into pride. And the second one is this, don't let what is wrong with you keep you from worshiping what is right with God. Oh man, one more time. Did you catch it? Don't let what is wrong with you keep you from what was worshiping right with God. Now, sometimes we can get really down on ourselves. And because of this thing called sin, where we mess up, we make mistakes, we fall short of the standard that God has for us, that we can sometimes get really down on ourselves. And we can let the shortcomings or the shortfalls in our life, the difficulties, the the adversity that we face, because we go through that, sometimes it causes us to not worship God because we get down on ourselves. And you can take it even a step further, sometimes because of the brokenness and the sin in the world, and we see so much that is wrong in the world because of the fallen state of man, sometimes we can feel like, man, is God really worth worshiping? Is he really almighty and all powerful and really deserving of all of our praying and giving gratitude and things? Because I'm looking around this world and it's pretty messed up. But we can't allow what's wrong with us or even what's wrong with the world keep us from worshiping what is right with God. We can't focus on what's wrong with us because here's what I know is true. We can't forgive ourselves of the mistakes, the sins that we make against God. We need Jesus. And that's the good news of the gospel, right? That we aren't defined by what we have done. It's the beauty of the gospel of Jesus that what he came to do to set us free, to give us a whole new life, to restore our relationship with God. 
And because of that, we are not seen. God doesn't see us by our past mistakes. We're not defined by our failures. Matter of fact, the word of God says that as far as the east is from the west. This is how much God has separated sin from our lives. That he is life. He has washed us. He's made us new. And he's given us a completely new life. So no matter what we do, we know if we make mistakes, that we've got to make a beeline to the cross. That we've got to ask for forgiveness. And no matter how much I've messed up, no matter how much I've made mistakes, that I know that I can come to Jesus with it all. And I know that can be challenging, but it's so important and so true that we can't allow what is wrong with us or wrong with this world keep us from worshiping what is right about God. Basically saying we can't project our own mistakes and failures or even the rest of the collective sins and mistakes and failures of this world on God. That God is good, that he is worthy of our praise and he is worthy of giving our thanks and our gratitude to. Now I've got a few things that I want to give you to do throughout the next three weeks. And this is a homework assignment. Some of you are like, oh, homework at church. Well, yeah, come on, someone. Your kids have been doing homework. Some of you need to do some homework and some of you kids that you need watching, you need to do a little homework too. This is a really easy one. And I think you're going to enjoy this simple exercise. Three steps. The first thing you need to do is to get a journal of some kind. Get something, a notebook, a piece of paper. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't have to be fancy. Just get something. And if you're like, Brian, you know, I don't have paper. I don't even have pens. Then just simply get out your phone, your tablet, get out the notes app and just make a list that way. But it'd be best, best if you can write it out. And here's what you're going to do. Write down three gratitudes, three things that you're thankful for every single day for the next three weeks. Starting today, three weeks, three things. Now, the third step is this. Write down something different every single day. Some of you, I know you. You're going to like write the same three things down every single day. But do a little bit work and, and get a little bit more nuanced with it. And even get a little more specific in thanking the things that you are thankful to God. And I believe you will be really amazed when you begin to do this. And just take a few moments. I mean, if you want to get deep into it and spend some time reflecting, but just write three things down quickly. Maybe in the morning when you get up, have it laying there by your bed or even before you go to bed, write those things down, whatever it works for you during the lunchtime. But just take a few moments, write down three things each day that you are thankful for. And it begin to be when you begin to do this, and we're going to unpack this a little more next week, that you begin to see cultivating gratitude in your life. And maybe even something that you can do beyond these 21 days is you can actually have a gratitude journal and begin to do these things and write these things out and show that there is so much in your life that you have to be thankful for. So that's your homework for this week. And as we wrap up, I, I just want to give this verse to you in Genesis 28 because I think this is something that will give us a little perspective on gratitude and thankfulness. It says, Then Jacob woke up from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I wasn't even aware of it. But he was also afraid and said, What an awesome place this is. It is none other than the house of God, the very gateway to heaven. And maybe sometimes like Jacob, we're going through life and we're asleep and we don't even recognize all of the things that we have to be thankful for, all the blessings that God has given us. And I'm hoping that this exercise and this thing that we do, just taking some time of writing these things that we're thankful for will begin to cultivate a heart of gratitude in you. And maybe like Jacob, you'll wake up and you'll be like, man, I didn't even realize all of the things that I had to be grateful for, all the things that I could give thanks to God in my life. Just simply begin to write them out. 
It doesn't have to be oversimplified. It doesn't matter how simple they are. It doesn't have to be over the top. If you want to get deep with it, just take a few moments and do that over the next three weeks. If you forget a day or you miss it, it doesn't matter. Just jump in and just, just don't worry. I'll be showing up at your house and asking to see every single one of your gratitude journals. So you better be doing this or you're going to be in trouble with the pastor. I'm just saying. Just kidding. Kind of. But I just want to encourage us to begin to cultivate a heart of gratitude. Now, next week, we're going to dive into this a little bit more. We're going to go a little further than this. So I want to encourage you to not miss the second part of this message. It'll be Thanksgiving weekend. I'm so excited to share that with you and just so thankful to have this opportunity to be with you today. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you. I thank you for the gratitude that you are cultivating in our lives. Lord, I thank you that like Jacob, we will wake up and be like, man, we didn't realize all of the things that we had to be thankful for. God, I pray that we would know that even though sometimes we make mistakes, that we fail, sometimes we fall short, God, that we know that we can come to you and not to allow what is wrong with us, keep from worshiping and giving you thanks for what is right about you. And God, I even pray that those things that we have that are amazing in our life, that we could be thankful for, that we wouldn't just let those turn into pride, but God, that we would be thankful, that we would show you gratitude. God, being thankful for a career, a job, a house, a home, a roof overhead, food to eat, Lord, all of those things, friends family, a church to belong to, a nation that allows us to worship freely. God, I just, there are so many things if we begin to unpack that. And I pray over the next couple of weeks, God, that you would help us to dive in and really inspect our life and begin to develop a heart of gratitude. In Jesus' name, amen. Friends, thank you so much for participating and joining us and engaging with us. We just want to let you know that we're here for you. Don't hesitate to reach out and let us know if there's any way we can be praying for you or meet any needs. Thanks so much for joining you. We'll catch you again real soon. Thanks for listening. If you would like to connect with us or learn more about our church, please visit us online at treeline.church or on social media. Our mission is to see family trees changed by a lifelong relationship with Jesus. We hope you can listen or join us next week.